0: And gentlemen, hear them for it's the Beer Geeks Radio Hour on WILK.
1: How you doing, Northeast Pennsylvania? Welcome to the Beer Geeks here on WILK, brought to you by Backyard Owl House on Linden Street in downtown Scranton. Just there yesterday. Yeah, Yeah, I I know. Festa's going on, a crowd. Yeah, La Festa's going on and. I've had me some uh, some good uh, IPA goodness and a little bit of sour goodness from a brewery called uh, you know Single Cut maybe. Yeah, I think they have what the uh, the the Kim
2: Hibiscus uh, Lager.
1: Kim Hibiscus and they had the eighteen watt on, so you know what I mean. Pretty pretty nice little. uh, deal there to kind of do a little homework it's called homework okay worlds are colliding yeah (laughs) yeah doing a little homework leading in today's show uh if you joined us a couple weeks ago we had a, a bunch of single cut beers on we had a little bit of uh issues uh with getting them on the phone so we're doing like a part de here um and uh yeah that should be a good deal so yeah Welcome to Beer Geeks. I'm Matt from Massive Beers. Uh, In the house, we have a little meat smoke action. What's going on, brother? Oh, Nothing, you
2: know, just sitting here enjoying a nice beer and uh, getting ready to talk to these guys.
1: Yeah, and then we have... For the second time. Yeah, for the second time. And we have Steve. What's going on, Steve? Oh, nothing much. Resting up from yesterday. What'd you do yesterday? Got up at 2.30 and drove to (laughs) Treehouse. Not (laughs) 2.30 p.m. 2.30 a.m. 2.30 a.m. What the Treehouse, what'd you pick up? king julius stopped off at oec on the way back got some nice sour going yeah that that, that's that's a good trip i mean getting up that early usually that's kind of like a bedtime for most of us here but uh sometimes you gotta get up early to get the good juice and then uh it definitely is some good juice so yeah there you go so yeah like i said we're gonna have a little bit of uh, a single cut on talking about their beers talking about new york talking about queens the whole nine but before we get to that we're gonna do a little bit of beer news so first things first um, Brewdog, Brewdog from Scotland. Everybody knows them and about them. They have the show on um, on I forget what channel it's on. Esquire, but have... Esquire and TV. Okay, and uh, and um, they uh, Aberdeen, Scotland, I believe, is where the brewery is. But they're opening one in Ohio. Um, and one of the big things with Ohio was they had the um, ABV laws to where you could only have I Think it was. Let's see what it. What was the exact ABV they cut you Another off eight, at? Eight point two, isn't it? Mm, yeah, I think it was. Um, you know, you figured I would have looked that up beforehand, but eh, whatever. Anyway, they had a, they had an ABV restriction law going into place, and they just lifted it. I believe it was yesterday. Was it when it, the law was passed a while ago, but it didn't go into effect this weekend? So you can finally get beers over a certain percentage there in Ohio, which is pretty nice.
2: Which which is just weird because there's some Ohio breweries that were making bigger beers, correct? Like, isn't
1: Jackie O's Ohio? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, it is a weird thing. Do you know what I mean? But that, uh, Like, how was that happening? I, that, 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 I, that they were making barrel-age monsters? <laughs> I, I honestly think that maybe it's a matter of they can actually re- make the beer, but they can't release it in the state, which sounds really kind of really bizarre, I guess you would say. <laughs> we're um, we're
2: going to release this one in
1: Illinois. But you come, can actually, come join us. <laughs> there you go. But you can actually get it now. But here's the other part of the news is that BrewDog, with their new facility, is going to release a 55 percent beer. Oh, that's so awesome. if you're gonna if you're gonna I guess open up the law for the highest ABV beer you can have, I guess you would say because is higher than that, right? It's something in the hundreds now. It's not even some, yeah. I mean, there's, there's some de- company that produces definitely stuff liquor, yeah, beer
2: liquor that's out there now.
1: Yeah, but it says Aberdeen, Scotland-based BrewDog, which I assume they said they're going to release it in the United States. I'll probably brew it here. It'll be a promotional thing. Is uh, that announced that it's notorious 55% ABV, ABV beer the end of history will, will be available in the US for the first time. So, you know what I mean, since they did launch their kind of Ohio brewery uh kind of coming in onto um uh coming into whatever play, it's kind of I could see like a um a promotional thing, you know, a cross thing, being that they're going to be in Ohio and if the ABV laws change there and stuff like that, they'll they'll probably tie it in as something or other or whatever. Anyway, that that was wasn't their brewery like, um, crowdfunded. Isn't that them? Yes, they did that for the. They did it for expansion on their Scotland brewery, and they're doing it for the Ohio brewery too. It's it's uh, was it called Pints for Punks or something like that, or, it's or something something, something like lines. that, where you can actually like buy kind of small like allocation of the brewery. You know what I mean? Crowdfunded that way. You obviously don't get a controlling stake. There's no way you like can a society, take over their brewery yeah, that like way. Like a
2: society member almost
1: yeah kind of like that um I, I think it's more like a Green Bay Packers kind of thing going on to where you you know you have a your ownership in the company but you don't really have much of a say when it comes to whatever happens um so yeah that's that and the only other piece of news I really kind of got down is a little bit of local stuff when I'm kind of excited about it is that Captain Lawrence is coming to northeastern Pennsylvania uh, they signed a deal with Changies, yep. Um and they'll be coming up here in NEPA they make a bunch of really great beers a bunch of really amazing sours, but they do uh, you know, uh, they have their Captain's Daughter which is, you know, one of those beers that everybody kind of goes after as far as the hop kind of profile thing going on, so it's nice to see them actually come into the area so hopefully see those guys sooner rather than later Um, as far as actual beer releases uh, South, here here it says South Jersey's Flying Fish, but as we all know, they're kind of Flying Fish, considering that uh, the time fought them, Um, they're releasing a um, a Pork Roll Porter. Uh-huh. <laughs> so it is a beer made with po- pork roll and spices. So if anybody's ever been to Jersey, they know there's a couple quintessential things about New Jersey. No left-hand turns. At least that was that way. Now you can do yeah. that in New Jersey in some places. White- oh, always under construction. <laughs> Toll boots. <laughs> yeah. uh, white depression. castle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, the uh, pork roll is a big staple that Ju- New Jersey kind of... Um, uh, food, whatever you want to call it, I think, and I think if you're in other states, it's Taylor Ham, I believe, is what. Well, they're wrong. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, uh, they actually make it with a pork roll. I'm not sure what's going to become of that. You know what I mean? But it is a porter, so you know, talk about spices, porter, a little bit of savoriness. It could work. So it's nice to see them do something kind of creative and inventive like that. It's going to be part of their exit series, which is when they usually do stuff like that. So yeah, wonder that, if, I wonder if they talked to Sam about that. He's burning
2: with Scrapple down at Dog. Fish head, and now you got pork roll coming out of Jersey. Yeah. Maybe, maybe uh, brewing with meat is the next uh, wave. No, oh, he's getting hot I, and bothered I, over I here. Getting <laughs> excited.
1: Um, one really exciting one that I've known about but I've never had the chance of having that is going to be released is Founders is going to be releasing their Lizard of Cause which is an imperial style brewed with blueberries chocolate and vanilla aged and bourbon barrels so you're kind of looking at um, KBS here but with blueberries I've heard some really good things about it and uh, apparently it's coming to bottles not sure if it's going to be the 12 ounce variety or the backstage series but uh, either way yeah um, you'll have to travel to find it Mm. type of thing i I don't
2: know the uh, in this area k b s is hard to come by something that's a one off of k
1: b s would probably be like, but this isn't a one off it's its own thing, it's kind of just k b s ish well, I mean, I'm just saying like the rarity of it, but the backstage series has got pretty good representation in this area though, yeah, mm, you know, as far as their releases and stuff like that, from Project Pam to all those other ones, you know what I mean, we see them, so hopefully we see them,
2: yeah, it just seems
1: i don't know, it just seems like the
2: barrel age versions of stuff outside of, like, maybe Backwoods Bastard, you know, like, is kind of
1: closely guarded in this area. True, true. So hopefully we see it, because I'd love to give it a whirl. And uh, last but not least, release-wise, is uh, Local Boys, um, Weyerbacher. This Sunday, or this is th- this Saturday, the 11th, I believe it is, whatever it's the 11th Sunday. Is, is, Sunday. Sunday. The 11th. They're releasing their uh, Sunday Mole Stout, which is basically their kind of... Um, a chillied kind of Mexican kind of chocolate kind of take on the Sunday morning stout. Um, are you going down for that one, Steve? More than likely. More than likely. Well, it, it, <laughs> it's interesting, though, that it's like, what, an 115 percent and it's not barrel-aged. Yeah, it's a 11.3% stout as foundation of everybody's favorite Sunday morning stout with a twist and without the barrel-aging. So that is, I mean... That's the thing. Like, their ABVs really don't change when they deal with barrels. If you actually look at, like, whether it be their blasphemy to Insanity and things like that, they actually stay the same ABV, which is kind of weird. Um, but, yeah, and it's uh, coffee, chocolate, heat, and smokiness. Fore- foremost is coffee followed by layers of chocolate, courtesy of the chocolate malt, cocoa powder, and cocoa nibs. Um, and as far as the chilies go, it's ancho, pasillo, malt. M- mold- mulatto and chipotle peppers as well as cinnamon um that's kind of like it almost seems like this year's like everybody's really taking a take on that kind of chili chocolate kind of milk stout westbrook um mexican cakey kind of vibe going on yeah it
2: seems like the the big like stout profile they started with like i think westbrook's then you had chocoveza from stone uh geez odd sides uh imperial maya mocha stout i believe was theirs and you see a lot of it i mean it seems like spice spice and beer is getting very popular
1: no i'm a chili junkie let's put it that way that's the g-rated version of me saying that one so (laughs) anyway so there you go a little bit of beer news a little beer 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 release goodness um so let's do this let's go to break and then when we come back we're going to talk a little bit of beer with um dan from single cut and uh see what that whole uh queen's goodness has to offer here on the beer geeks and
3: W I L K. Did you know that a dirty CPAP system can make you sick? If you knew what could be growing in your mask and hose, you might not sleep so well. But now, SoClean.com has released the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It kills 99.9% of all CPAP germs, and it's completely hands-free. For a limited time, you can try SoClean risk-free for 30 days. Just call 1-800-500-7659.
0: SoClean changed the CPAP experience for the better. My health is improved. It's simple to use, and I'm not worried about infections.
3: SoClean destroys CPAP bacteria, viruses, and germs, and it eliminates the daily hassle of washing your system by hand. There's no water, chemicals, or disassembly. Just pop in your mask, close the lid, and presto, your CPAP system is clean and fresh in minutes. Call SoClean.com to try it risk-free at home for 30 days. This is a limited-time offer. Only available by calling 1-800-500-7659. That's one 800 500 7659 Have
4: clutter or junk that you need to get rid of? Need your attic, basement, or garage cleaned out? We do cleanouts.com is your answer. We do is an affordable hauling and junk removal company. We do cleanouts.com with individuals, banks, realtors, and select investors that need the job done quickly and right the first time. Appliance disposal, yard and shed cleanouts, plus construction site cleanups, even office-space cleanouts. Local, professional, and hassle-free. We do cleanouts.com or call 570-687-7687.
0: Step right up and grab. This once-in-a-lifetime deal from Right Hopper
4: Shows. Starting on Friday, September 9th, buy one Mega Pass to the Bloomsburg Fair and get one free. That's a $50 value for just $25. This Mega Pass allows you to pick any day of the fair and ride all you want. Right Hopper Shows invites you to the 161st Bloomsburg Fair from September the 23rd to October 1st. Enjoy thrilling rides, and this year, don't miss the brand-new Music Express. This spectacular ride comes with all the lights, sirens, horns, and music that gives you that thrill ride you want to experience again and again. Get your buy-one-get-one Mega Pass deal starting September the 9th only at GetMyPerks.com.
1: Yeah, a little bit of soft easing in there on the Beer Geeks and W I L K. And uh yeah, we're having a little bit of uh single cut Pilsner right now, courtesy of the fine folks over here at uh single cut. And uh, we're talking to them right now. What's going on, Dan? Radio! Hey, radio and stuff, it's magic, it's it's science. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, what's going on, man?
4: Nothing much, man. I'm just sitting in the brewery right now, actually, where uh, we just opened up our nice big tap room, so I'm having my morning coffee uh, and uh, ready to talk about some beer. So uh, You guys are drinking that 1933 we sent over? Is that what I heard?
1: Yeah, we just cracked it right now.
4: Nice. Wow. We love that beer. Um, it's cool. definitely the hardest beer that we make. You know, uh, Pilsners are a very, very delicate touch and kind of in this world of big, Rash uh, IPAs, which we love very near and dear. It's always fun to get to make one of those more nuanced beers, and that Pilsner really is a labor of love.
1: Yeah, I mean, Pils- Pilsners are that like you know that you know you're on your third, fourth, first date, who knows? And you know it's the first time you're with your partner, and you're you're de clothed and you get to see each other absolutely in your birthday suit, and there's no hiding anything at that point, and that's kind of what you're dealing with when it comes to Pilsner.
4: That's an elegant and gross way of putting it. I love it. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm all about the elegant and grossness. That's what I do. Um, so, so, Dan, uh, single cut. Uh, let's start from the beginning, man. What was the inception of the brewery itself?
4: Yeah, so we opened up in 2012. Um, so by New York business standards, we're kind of a baby business. But by Queens Beer and New York Beer in general, we're, we're kind of one of the more uh, established, bigger guys. The whole idea from us is that uh, our president of the company is a cat named Rich. He was an amazing home brewer for the better part of 20 years. Uh, he actually had like a homebrew tour that went through uh, New York City, and they stopped at his house for years and years, kind of taste what he was making. And back in about 2010, he decided to uh, make the always great and terrible decision to quit his super high-paying advertising job, and he became a cellarman and then eventually a brewer at a big uh, production brewery here in the New York City area uh, at the ripe age of 49, I think he was at the time. And then, uh, yeah, you kind of uh, assembled myself and a team, and, uh, you know, through the years, you've kind of evolved with basically just some really core principles, and we wanted to make very fresh, great hoppy beers and lagers, and at the same time, we wanted to play great music while we were doing it. And I think we've done a pretty good job four years later, at least on the music front. We're killing it. Our record collection is awesome.
1: Now, we're, now, uh, for let's, I was going to ask you about the music stuff. We'll get that at in a second. Um, in New York. I mean, you, when you guys opened, it was still before that wave of all these breweries kind of opening in New York and being kind of like the cool place to open a brewery. Back then, it was kind of like uh, you're crazy for opening a brewery in New York. Uh yeah. what, what was what were the hurdles that you had to deal with early on with that? Just straight up money, and or was it? it,
4: it was, yeah, straight up money was pretty much it. Uh, to be totally honest, I mean. Uh, there's a couple different places that were scouted to put the brewery Uh, You know, I'm a local Queens guy. Pretty much everybody who works for us are all Queens residents. Rich is a Queens guy by birth. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a San Diego kid by birth, but this has been my adopted home for a long time. Um, but, but, you know, in the sake of trying to make good business decisions, we looked at a lot of different places. And believe it or not, actually, New York City was by far the most friendly in terms of trying to help us get set up with all of our uh, licensing and zoning and all that good stuff. Obviously, New York real estate uh, shock, uh, prepare yourself, is uh, insanely expensive. That's crazy, but talk. I, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> you didn't know this is the news hour. I'm, I'm breaking it to you. <laughs> but, um, so after we kind of got the funding all in line, I mean, just the stars aligned. I mean, we, we this was our number one place we would have liked to have been was in the Borough of Queens. And it just happened to be that Queens really wanted a brewery, too. Uh, when we opened up in 2012, there was not really anybody making beer in Queens, uh, not really anybody making beer in New York City. Um, there was one other brewery that was operating, but they were on a very, very small system. And I think there were two barrels at the time, just kind of doing experimental stuff. Uh, so when we opened up our 30 barrel brew house, it was, it was kind of the first big brewery opening in a long while. Uh, Brooklyn has an outpost in Brooklyn where they make a good amount of, make about 25% of their beer in the borough of Brooklyn. They were doing that at the time. Uh, but when we opened up, that, that was kind of it. So it was definitely a great first day. The community was really excited to have fresh beer in their neighborhood. We expected about 300 people. When we opened up the brewery on day one, we had about 1,500 people. Uh, so we were making a lot of runs to the grocery store buying plastic cups. And it was an amazing day. It was it was a really good time. Uh, since then, though, we've really seen our scene grow. Um, right time, right place. It, you know, uh, we just were glad to be the first, you know, in our area. But we're certainly glad to have uh, many, many neighbors. In the Borough of Queens now, we're going to get our 10th and 11th brewery wow. uh, this year, which is awesome. Uh, yeah. And some big ones, too. Um, you know, we're a 30-barrel system, and we actually had, not in Queens, but in Brooklyn, two new 30-barrel brew houses opened up just in the last couple of weeks, uh, King County Brewers Collective and Inner Borough Brewing and Spirits, I think, is their, their full title. Uh, so we're super excited. Our scene is growing, and we're getting a lot of great new beer. And um, as cheesy as it is, we truly believe it to be the case, especially in craft beer. But, you know, the rising tide does bring all the boats up. Uh, so we're really excited to welcome our neighbors and more importantly we're excited to get a drink more and more beer which nobody should ever complain
1: about not at all yeah no I mean it's one of those rare industries where like you know there's not a lot of infighting and everybody kind of you know helps each other out it's it's one of the beautiful things about the about the whole community in general um,
4: yeah it does man and anytime you have two New York City businesses which say nice things about each other there's there's something wonderful and magically wrong going on and that's you know where this, is, this is a cutthroat town so it's nice to be in the one industry where you, you can still have friends who are competitors.
2: Now, in the scene itself, like in the New York beer scene, being as competitive as it, as it is, you know. But I also know you know Brooklyn and the outer boroughs are really like diehard local. They like their local artisans and their local crafts. You know how how was the beer scene like from the inception, like when you guys kicked it off? And, like, how do you feel being maybe basically like one of the flagships?
4: Well, we love it. I mean, when, when we opened up, um, you know, it was an interesting market. Uh, new York is an amazing bar town. Uh, so, you know, we've got great bars, great restaurants, and we always have had that. That's not a new thing, you know. Um, I think there's some areas of the country where kind of, you know, the idea of uh, good wine lists, good beer lists, good cocktails. is kind of a newer thing, you know, just in the last 15 years. But, you know, New York, that's really been... Have one of our pride and staples. So when we opened up, uh, people were excited about craft beer, but they weren't diehard about craft beer. Everybody kind of already had their vice and they were liking to stick to it. So it's been awesome. We've had a really receptive, big market, but at the same time, we've gotten to do a lot of great education, um, kind of telling people what craft beer is about, um, really introducing them to hops in general, um, which was still kind of a new thing in New York up until a few years ago. And then for us personally, like our kind of mission too, is that, you know, uh, we made every drop of single cut we've ever made here at 1933, 37th street. We take that as a big badge of honor. Um, In New York, that wasn't always the case. Um, You know, back in the day, especially there was a lot of breweries that weren't really from New York. Um, Just kind of had names that said they were Um, good beer is good beer. Um, If the beer tastes great and you love it, then you should drink it. But, You know, it's expensive doing business in New York. So when we say that we're 100% local, you know, we don't mean that, you know, we're growing all the hops ourselves. We mean that we're spending a lot of our own profits to make sure that we're spending our money here in our local economy, employing local residents, using local companies, making everything here in our own, you know, kind of tax base. Um, So it was kind of big for us. Um, We didn't make a lot of friends saying that loudly, but we think it was the right thing to do. You know, contract brewing is great for some people. It wasn't the route we chose to go. We wanted to make sure people knew that we took pride, and we're really uh, proud of the craft part of craft beer. We're making all of this ourselves. We're paying high prices for it, and we're doing because we love it. And when you drink our beer, hopefully you're going to taste that, because uh, we certainly do. It's a labor of love, not a labor of profit which is hard at the end of the month, but it's <laughs> great when you have a great
1: beer. Now, now let's talk about that in general, Like uh, as far as the beer making goes. it almost like when I read about the history of your brewery coming into uh, having you guys on, you guys are actually, it actually struck me, you're almost literally the uh, the image of New York in that you source, you know, like you use New York water, but then you source global ingredients. You're like a, a melting pot brewery <laughs> to where you're, you're using, you know, you're, you're New Yorker through and through, but you're, you're welcoming of out outside stuff, it's going to make you a better person or a better beer. Like, what's your philosophy when it comes to that?
4: Yeah, man, that's a great question. Um, And you said it, like, perfectly. That's, like, the absolute epitome of Queens right there. Uh, New York City water, but internationally sourced ingredients. Um, That's what Queens is all about, man. Uh, At the end of the day, we want to make sure that we support local businesses, like I said, but we also want to make sure that our beer tastes the best. So, you know, New York State grows great hops. um, They just don't make the hops that we particularly they like to use. Um, so yeah, we do source internationally as far as our hops and our malts. It makes the beer taste the best. Um, but we have some friends who have breweries even just here in Queens who go hundred percent New York state. Um, our buddies at big Alice down in Long Island city are really intense about that. I mean, they grow their own, they have their own apiary on their roof to make their own honey, which is just absolutely insane. Yeah. Um, those guys are nutballs, and they make great beer. Um, <laughs> For us though, we really wanted to make the beer that we wanted and kind of had our vision around. Um, so yeah, we sourced from all over the world. We were big early adopters of Southern Hemisphere hops. Um, we buy tons and tons and tons of hops from New Zealand and Australia. That's really where our palate is. We source a lot of our hops from the Pacific Northwest, which is not unique to us, kinda everybody does. That's where the great you know, craft beer hops of the modern age have come from traditionally, is you know, yeah in the valley and all that good stuff. Um, but actually, starting uh, in a couple months, uh, we have a good friend who just opened up a hop farm in, kind of on the Hudson River, up uh, kind of close to the, uh, the Pennsylvania-New Jersey border. And we're going to start working with those. But at the end of the day, for us, um, we're always going to make sure we support our local economy through jobs and through in local businesses. As far as ingredients go, we always just want to have what's best. Um, and everybody has a different balance to that. Um, if you make English-style beers new york ingredients are incredible but we make american style beers and then traditional lagers so we kind of look a little bit broader where we source our things um you know we just want to make sure though that we're supporting using you know queen's employees local queen's businesses for everything we can and that's kind of how we support our local economy
2: now what drew you to the uh southern hemisphere hops like what what is it about the australian new zealand because that dank, it, that mean, dank onion, baby. Yeah, oh, yeah, I kid, you kidding You had them? They're delicious. <laughs> one, but I'm just saying, but it, it was one of those that, you know, it seems to be coming more and more of like a hot thing now. And you guys were yeah. doing it since 2012.
4: Yeah, well, you know, you're going to see it a lot more as uh, our industry grows. You're going to kind of see this uh, mirror of what happens in the wine industry. You know, traditionally, beer has been, you know, kind of in quotes here, a commodity product. It was closer to baking than anything else, it's kind of a, the classic analogy, you know, like, oh, beer making is baking and winemaking is and is, the, is the chef, you know. They're, they're really, you know, finding fresh ingredients and seeing what happens. But the more and more that we get, our industry kind of gets hop forward in general, I'm not just talking about IPAs and pale ales, but all of our styles. I mean, look at what's really hot right now, outside of sours, which aren't particularly hop-intensive Beers, you know, Cezanne, Pilsner's, Pale Ale's, IPA's, these are all very hop-forward styles, or at least can be. Um, and as we use more and more hops, and we're using hops from a wider range of suppliers, this whole uh, concept of viticulture really comes into play. Um, and these notions of terroir are having a much bigger play on our industry and how we make beers than it did even five, ten years ago. So, you know, right now for us, since we're making these big, lush, kind of um, very expressive IPAs, and that's not just us, that's a lot of brewers, especially on the East Coast, where we source our hops from, the vintage of the hops, you know, crop to crop is different. Uh, we're going to see a lot more crossover. We're going to have to start talking about, especially IPAs, a lot more akin to how we talk about wine and this whole notion of, you know, of, yeah, of vintage uh, and, you know, what were the growing conditions that year for the different hops we use. The more expressive they are, the more they'll change. Uh, a great example this year is that two of the real staples of the IPA theme right now are Galaxy from Australia and Citra, which is mostly grown here. And, you know, this year's batch, just because of different growing conditions and there's two regions, uh, turned out quite a bit different. Um, we think they're still really, really tasty, but, you know, you'll be having beers this year uh, that you've been having for a while and you, you, know, you, you think you know them exactly how they're supposed to be. And they're going to taste a little different this year and that's totally cool. We just need to start thinking about beer the way it should be. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's a changing kind of ever growing and evolving part of, you know, our agriculture scene. Uh, which I think it's awesome and it, it'll keep everything fresh and vibrant.
1: Well, talking about growing and evolving and stuff like that, like, um, like you know, I'm, 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 you know, I grew up in Jersey. I grew up in northeastern PA, so I'm, I'm pretty much dead center between New York and Philly. But I've always, uh, I'm a New York guy. I, you know, never was a big Philly guy, but I went to Philly for beer a lot because growing up, you know, being that I'm old and gray and stuff. Now, is that you know what I mean? It was a little bit easier to procure beer in Philly. But um, you know, That's a great team. Yeah. Well, I'm, a, but I'm a New York guy. You know, in New York, there's wow. nothing beats New Fair York. Um, and uh, so earlier this year. For my birthday, I actually, spent uh, five days in the city. You know what I mean, just doing beer stuff and kind of going around and checking out breweries for the first time in a, in a very long time. And uh, when I got there, first thing I did, my buddy is a New York City cop, and he, he picked me up and we went to the Pony Bar and I went in there and I'm like, okay, I'm like, what should I drink local that I don't know about? You know what I mean? Because I knew the you know the other halves and you know what I mean, the Finbacks of the world, and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, you have to have this. And it was uh, it was, uh, it, was uh, it was your beer. It was the I believe it was the Half Stack. I think it was. Oh, the great, half, yeah. At the Pony Bar, and I was like, okay. And, I, and honestly, I'm going to say, it, I didn't really know you guys at all. And that was immediately like, okay, now I need to go there. Now, I went there, didn't hear about you guys up until going there. This is in January. And then I come back, and within a couple months, you guys are actually distributing in our area. Did you have? Did you grow as a brewery? Did your business model change? Like, what happened between that point? Or was it just exponential? Like, you were, you're just ready to kind of expand at that point? Yeah,
4: so... So, you know, our company motto, um, sounds a little highbrow, but, uh, it's really a working class motto. We, we always say, uh, mastery knows no shortcut. That's, that's our, that's our tagline. We put it on our bottles, and it sounds totally cheeseball, but we actually say it an embarrassingly large amount here in the brewery. Um, Why did we go into those markets so fast? Because we were waiting for a really long time to do that. We just wanted to make sure that we had everything hammered out and we had our beer tasting exactly the way we wanted to before we expanded. Um, You know, as you grow as a business and you go to other markets, the hardest thing to do as a brewer or as um, someone like me who's more on the business side of the brewery is you have to give control away to somebody else. You know, you have to say, this isn't my baby. I'm not going to, I'm not delivering every keg and every bottle directly to the account. I have to trust other people that it's going to get there in the exact condition that I want it to be. Um, that takes a lot of uh, of will to give up that control, especially with brewers who are very controlling people. So we wanted to make sure that we had all of our T's crossed and I's dotted before we expanded. And then when we moved over into um, to the Philadelphia market, which we wanted to go to for a really long time, uh, that's an amazing beer town. So we wanted to, make sure that we were, uh, you know, going to bring our A game. And then after Philly went well, uh, you know, we kind of expanded into the greater eastern Pennsylvania area, which has been very, very kind to us. We appreciate that. And uh, now as we've kind of slowly grown and uh, really figured out the best and most efficient ways to get deer from A to B and tasting the way it did at point A, um, we're actually quite a bit bigger now. We're, we distributed in Vermont, Connecticut, Massachusetts, all of New York, including uh, Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse, who were super kind to us there, too. And then also uh, all of Pennsylvania, and then we're going to move down to D.C. in a couple months here, too. So just slow but steady growth is the only way to go.
1: Um, Okay, we have about five minutes left, and I got so many questions asked, but we have to get into one thing the music, man. What's the deal?
4: What's our deal? We got the—you can't limit music to one deal,
1: man. And that's what I'm talking about. Like, why the big tie? I mean, I shouldn't even ask you why the big tie-in because everybody loves music, and that's the—that's the reason why. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you guys are probably, probably of, just jamming all, the good all, stuff. And
4: well, all of us here are musicians to um, varying success and skill. Uh, myself being on the lower end of both of those quadrants. <laughs> um, but you know, Rich, who's uh, again the, the president kind of founder of the company, he's still an active lead guitarist. He's got a sweet dad rock band called uh, Bandsaw. They play here at the brewery every now and then. Our head bartender is a pretty accomplished uh, fiddle player, and he's been touring all over the place. Um, So we're super proud to have him on board too. Um, But more importantly for us, you know, like life has to be about obsessions and passions. And for us, our two obsessions and passions were music and beer. So it was pretty easy to put those two things together. And, um, you know, the deep, dark, dirty secret about our brewery is I think secretly at the end of the day, the whole reason this place existed was we just wanted a way to expense having a really, really good turntable, um, which we <laughs> did. Yeah. So we've got an absolute Mac Daddy top of the line turntable. we got those really expensive uh, diamonds, uh, you know, four people had to die to make it needles. And you didn't go Techniques
1: 1200, man. You didn't go Staple? Didn't go. I'm sorry,
4: I meant that didn't go.
1: What? It, it, staple. You didn't go to staple, the king of all turntables. You didn't go techniques twelve hundred.
4: Ooh, yeah. You know, well, see, I got to get you out here. We got to get some consulting work. There you
1: go. <laughs> That's what
2: I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> does, does the beer does the beer age better because of the music? <laughs> it does. It does. It, you know, it's funny. Yeah, you know, we're not. We've. Uh, we. I don't remember what
4: the exact situation was, but we read about a brewery in in Denmark that was uh, that was using uh, like basically like really intense like the Nordic black metal to help stimulate their yeast. And uh, we, we were very, very inspired by that. So we actually have some of our, uh, we call them Grundys. They're these little isolated seven-barrel tanks. Um, so inside these tanks, we have different yeast cultures. Um, you guys are actually drinking a beer today called Brett
1: Kim. We just cracked into it. Yeah.
4: Perfect. So Brett Kim has an awesome beer. I'm super, super proud of it. Um, bread cam is kind of a melange of a bunch of different techniques that we have, uh, not invented, but kind of pwned for ourselves here at the brewery. And so that beer is sour because we do a full sour mash. So we basically let that wort sit in the, in the mash tun for about four days before we, uh, boil it off. And then after that, we put it instead of, uh, going into one of our lagering tanks, which is what we do with our traditional cam where we lager it. We actually put this one into a Grundy. So they're basically these, isolated seven-barrel tanks of 14 kegs worth of beer, and they're kind of in their own little world. And inside those tanks, they have their own different um, ecosystems, basically. So they've got different mixes, of the Lactobacillus, Pediococcus, all this cool stuff. That particular beer you're drinking there did primary fermentation. So for four weeks, it's that just fermenting with our own proprietary house Britannomyces, which we're super proud of. We developed it with Y-East um, a few months ago, and okay. we're loving the way it's tasting. And then after it was done with that primary fermentation, we added mango and pineapple to it. Fructose is yeast's best friend. So it chomped all that up real, real fast, made it very, very dry. And that's what gives it that great, real prickly uh, kind of champagne-like carbonation. Uh, I dig that beer so hard. There's very, very, very little of it. We're actually going to be out in Philadelphia and the greater Pennsylvania area, uh, eastern Pennsylvania area, all next week. We've got events at uh, Teresa's uh, in Wayne. Uh, we've got some at Hunger and Thirst in Lancaster and, and Beer Stoop and uh, Pub on uh, Pascham in or Pope Bar in Philly. And we're going to have that beer at a bunch of those. If anybody wants to come out and try it, come be my guest. But we took that Grundy and we actually put it right where our base was hitting uh, the, uh, the kind of uh, rack that we have it on the most. So you get this really nice constant agitation. So it makes the yeast really happy. Um, they're having a little black metal rave in there at all times, and uh, happy yeast is happy beer, and that's uh, really the the model of the story. So I, I hope you guys are digging it. Oh, I hope it's been
1: oh, yeah. great the its way. Yeah, I, I, I mean I grew up with you know Belgians and stuff like that, and like funky beers. So the, this is so crushable. I could drink like eight, 86 of these probably in about in like four hours and be. Oh yeah, man, and it's four percent
4: alcohol, so you're good to go. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, man, I, man, this sucks. I want to talk more, but we can't, man. It's like uh, you know we got commercials and stuff and all that kind of stuff. But dude, I'm so glad we had you on. You know what I mean? We had that little snafu, but um oh, awesome yeah, interview. Man. We're gonna have to have you on again and talk some more. It's just absolutely yeah, you fantastic. Give me a, you can be a call anytime. Yeah. Um, oh, and I, I
4: have to be the heartbreaker for you too. I was, I was, I called in a little early because I was nervous. Ah, I saw um, that. So I got to hear the first half of the show. Ah. Uh, Captain's yeah, daughter, I screwed up. Here. I know, I know, I know. I messed it
1: up. I know. We talked about it all fair.
4: Some lawyers got to be calling each other. It, it's, called, it's
1: called live radio. So before we go, we got a couple seconds. A uh, plug. Where do people find you?
4: Where can you find us?
1: Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you know, really all over the place. The best
4: way to find us, though, is go to our website or go directly to beermenus.com. Okay. Beermenus is this awesome service where bars can update their own beer menus. So it'll pin you for where you are and tell you what's closest to you. You can get all of our beers. Then, like I said, if you're in the greater Philadelphia area or in Wayne or in Lancaster, we've got events coming up all this week. Teresa's Beer Stew, uh, Pope Bar in Philly, and, uh, and Hunger and Thirst out in Lancaster. So come out and visit us. Um, come say what's up. I'll be there myself, and I'll be glad to buy the first pint.
1: There you go. Dan Bronson, single cut, man. Thank you so much, dude. Yeah, I really appreciate you all, in.
4: Yeah, absolutely, guys. Anytime. Feel free to give me a call whenever you need.
1: Absolutely. Cheers, man.
4: All right, cheers, guys.
1: Bye. That's one of those ones you just want to talk for, like, three hours. Um, But, yeah, good stuff. Super energetic, awesome brewery. Like I said, he's going to be locally down here in the Philly area. You can go there and check it out. Or if you're ever in Queens, go out there. So we're going to cut the break, and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more beer on here on the Beer Geeks and WILK.
0: Built for business. Waiting. No one enjoys it. With Comcast Business, you can do less of it. Because Comcast Business Internet is up to five times faster than DSL from the phone company, which means less waiting for things like security backups and file downloads. Plus, it's a better value when you select the fastest plan. So do what nearly a 1,000 businesses do every day and choose Comcast Business, unless you'd prefer to wait. Switch to Comcast Business Internet, then add one voice line and TV for just $34.90 a month for two years, and ask about their low-price guarantee. Call 800-501-6000 or visit ComcastBusiness.com. That's 800-501-6000. Comcast Business. Built for business. Offer ends 1031-16. Restrictions apply. Equipment taxes and fees including broadcast TV fee extra. Compares Comcast 100 megabits per second and 20 megabits per second DSL downloads.
3: Message and data rates may apply.
0: This is obstructive sleep apnea. If you suffer from it or think you might, it's a scary moment. Your breathing interrupted. Your air passage is restricted as you sleep. If left untreated, it can lead to stroke, heart failure, and heart attacks. If you think a CPAP machine is your only option, breathe easy. Welcome to the miracle of ProVent. (sighs) ProVent is an FDA-cleared, clinically-proven alternative to the inconvenience and bulk of a CPAP machine. For a vital free guide, text GUIDE to 321321. The torture of exhausting nights caused by sleep apnea. It's a quality-of-life issue, so is dealing with a clumsy CPAP mask and machine. Welcome to the ease and comfort of ProVent, a doctor-recommended alternative to CPAP therapy that works great at home and even fits in your pocket for easy travel, too. For your free guide, text GUIDE to 321321. You'll also get a special radio-only offer. That's G-U-I-D-E to 321 Or visit TryProVent.com. A leggy played guitar. Chiming good, with wear and And the spiders from Mars. We
1: made it a little bit weird and gilly. Uh, anab- another beer by uh, Single Cut. Yeah, we yeah. Had, that, had that last, uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, we that had it one two one weeks one. ago. Just uh, all around, just, you know, that was such a good interview, dude. I can talk to that guy for hours. I'm going to have to go out. To, we're going to have to make a trip out there and Definitely. just hang out and drink some beers. So we're about to crack into their softly spoken magic spells. If I actually have a bottle opener to use because I forgot one because who needs a bottle opener on a beer show? That wouldn't make any sense. <laughs>
2: It's anyway. not like I have it on every set of keys I I have two I sets of
1: keys, and the one I have, um, I've been, I've not been carrying my regular set around because it has like 18 billion keys on it. And this one, um, I've been carrying around my second set, which is just my house key and my car key, and I feel liberated for some weird reason. I don't know why. Because, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Anyway, so yeah, um, like I said, single cut. Like I said, when I went out there in January, didn't know about them really at all. And uh, kind of had trial by fire while I was out there in the city. And come back and here they are and they make fun beers like even at like you know the 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 kim that we had the brett kim uh was with pineapple and mango i've had the regular kim not the brett one and it's you know it's it's a kettle sour it's a mash sour mash sour it's not like a sour 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 and then it's like bonkers over the top Berliner um, like Berliner Kind of day. well, like it's style. It's, the, it's a kettle sour versus like yeah. you know what I mean, and uh, it, it's it's a fun beer. But when you actually add that extra dimension of you know a little bit of pineapple, a little bit of uh, mango, a little bit of brick going on, it just kind of kicks it up next level. And I can, like I said, crush like eighty-seven of those suckers. It went from eighty-six to eighty-seven, by the way.
2: Yeah, this is definitely up your alley. This is a um, the softly smoking magic spells, which is uh, your onion
1: bomb Southern yeah. Hemisphere. The hops that you love so much, and it's the, and it, 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 the biggest difference. There's how do I put this? It's not just a hot profile with um with new new school IPAs. It's a lot. They're a lot sweeter. It has to do with a lot like the filtration with the haze and stuff like that. So you're getting a combination. You used to you used to be used to this kind of like either your citrus or your piney with a drying from the actual like hop itself. Now you're getting a drying from the actual like hop like particulate kind of floating in there, the yeasties and all the the funk floating around the beer. That's where you're kind of getting the dryness from. But you're getting this like overt sweetness from the malt. This is like a really really sweet beer. It's like a caramel malt yeah. or something like I that. Mean, if, if if you guys can see it on the live feed
2: or anything like that, it's a dark IPA. Yeah. Like, dark for an IPA. Yeah,
1: it's, a, it's very, like, 120-ish in color almost, you yeah, know? Yeah, nice caramel. Um, yeah, but it, it has that super, you know, southern hemisphere, super dinky onion kind of goodness and I just uh, dig on. So, there you go. Mmm. Anyway. So, yeah. To actually open a brewery in New York, I, I couldn't even fathom it, to be perfectly honest with you, because I could see, I've seen, li- like, locally... Burries open and do well, but also, you know, really kind of have trouble making ends meet from here and there. You know what I mean? And know that the overhead, being in New York or the boroughs in New York, whatever you want to call it, um, and actually not only stay afloat, but get big enough to the point where you can actually, like, distribute and turn a profit and employ people and uh, do a damn good job of it is uh, is pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, I mean, especially in a city like that, that you're talking about just restaurants open and closed in a day type of thing like you're in the wrong neighborhood by six blocks (laughs) and you're not going to succeed so it is pretty cool to see that that it's such a fickle city when it comes to business and especially the food and restaurant type of business and then to be sitting there and go well we started in 2012 we were kind of one of the flagships and we're still going strong. It's 2016, and we're expanding.
1: I never thought I never thought it would end up like that in New York. Um, like I mentioned down there, like if uh, you know, I, if I had my choice, I'd go to New York ten out of ten times. It's just where I want to go, what the city I want to walk around in. You know what I mean? But if I want to, up until the past years, so, if I wanted to. A beer. I had to go to Philly if it was a city I wanted to go to and have good beer at. It was Philly. Even though there were good bars out there, you know what I mean? You had Ponyhead, you know what I mean? Like Blind Tiger, you had a bunch of other ones like that. But, um, I mean, as far as breweries and the whole, like, okay, I want to go to a couple breweries, a couple beer bo- bars, a couple bottle shops, get the whole thing going on, and then come home. It was pretty much Philly. And I actually see how far New York has come uh, in such a short period of time, you know what I mean? Only, I would say, over the past six years of things really changed. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, I've been going to New York for a while, my brother living out there, my sister
2: living out there for 15 years or so. I remember, like, one of the first bars we went to that was, like, a beer bar or just, like, imports and things like that was uh, my brother took me to a, a bar called uh, Death by Alcohol. It was on First and First or the Nexus of u- the Universe area. <laughs> it was like down in that East Village area. Isn't that Seinfeld thing? Yeah. He's like, I'm at First and First. He's yeah. like, How can two streets intersect themselves? <laughs> but, uh, but like, it wasn't just a beer bar. You know, it was like really ridiculously good whiskeys and scotches and stuff like that, and it was a big selection in a dive bar. And I want to say actually, the tables look like coffins. <laughs> It was amazing,
1: <laughs> and it's. It, it, I think it's. It speaks more to like how beer has changed as a whole. You know what I mean? Not necessarily New York in general, or in, in New York, but in general. Um, like I remember, you know, I like sports, and you know, I've been to my fair share of baseball and football games, and you know, it was pretty much, you know, you're stuck with a twelve dollar light at any sporting event you went to. Nowadays, you know, you go out there, you go to stadiums, you can get all these great breweries have stands there that you can actually get like great pours of beer at, at, at varying different stadiums and stuff like that. It's just become part and parcel of the, the culture and the way things are. And it's not a bad thing. You know what I mean? It's definitely not a bad thing. And actually, the favorite, my favorite thing about New York, I don't know if I mentioned this um, a couple weeks ago when we were talking about it, is um, the pricing structure for draft beers in New York is the best pricing structure I've ever seen in my life. It's $6 a beer in New York. It's, i mean there's there's exceptions to the rule but in the city it's it's pretty much 6 bucks for any beer you ever buy if you want a pour of Head 120 it's 6 bucks if you want a mill light it's 6 bucks if you want softly mo- spoken magic Spelts, it's 6 bucks you know what i mean and it's yeah. just like and i think it's cuz you know the amount of people and the turnover and they just need to be like okay give me money and get it, get away from the bar kind of thing but i think that's probably one of the most What's the word I'm looking for? Um, as, as a beer lover, I think it's one of the most. Oh, oh I don't. I don't want to say uh, uh, perfect because I don't think it's perfect. Satisfying, but it, it, you're you're kind of you're. If you don't want to drink good beer, that's fine. But just understand that you're you're gonna overpay for poop beer. Yeah, you know what Your I mean. PPR. But if you drink good beer, you're gonna be rewarded because you're gonna pay a decent. You know what I mean? Your a PBR buck. is six bucks.
2: Yeah. And then your craft beer is six bucks.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, to me, that makes sense. Now, as someone who who actually drank, you know what I mean? Like, you know, Mill Light, PBR, or stuff like that. If, it kind of sucks for them, you know, but drink good beer then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like That's Not that ha- PBR is uh, not a good beer. I'll drink PBR. I don't care.
2: No, it's just what happy hours for. Like, some of those places in the village, it's like, you get the PBR in the shop for five bucks.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: You know, happy hour.
1: No, people I, aren't happy
2: at happy hour. <laughs> I'm happy at happy hour
1: so yeah we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do some kind of i want to try to get a bunch of breweries on, maybe do like um a remote thing go out and like, do some on the road stuff, go out there and actually interview some of these guys on the road in their actual environment and I think it might be a little bit better play well, you know we were talking with the the powers that be
2: and he said that's capable we're capable of doing these things yeah. that, you know remote
1: and or not on Sundays and just airing it on Sundays. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Appease some people. Get some well, different hey. breweries on that aren't logistically available on Sundays. That'd be nice, you know. And I think, uh, you know, even on
2: the on the road or live or anything like that, you know, if you're even you're at like a sole cam release talking to people about what they like, you know, kind of doing a, and then edit it up and play it the next week.
1: Well, I mean, how how great would it be right now to be sitting in backyard at El House in the back there in a nice sun drinking Wow, with la festa going on well not (laughs) this weekend believe me i i made the accident of of not remembering that it was going on and and pulling into scranton from i forget where i was coming from but i was coming i was coming down a road that wasn't like the most well-traveled road it wasn't like I was coming down off the expressway going "Oh, oh oh i can turn around real quick i like drove and i'm like what is going on i'm like oh no I'm like I'm now in it. I'm like oh, I'm <laughs> like oh a, no. There was a lot of gold chains and pinky rings. <laughs> yeah, and you, knew, you knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah. It was like wow, white leather shoes, man. White <laughs> leather shoes. That's <laughs> all no, I have to say.
2: But yeah, like being in the backyard would be nice. Yeah. You know, would I mean a good selection of beer in front of you?
1: They've been killing it with this suck. They've been killing it with the single cut representation too, as of late. do You know what I mean? Like I've have crushed quite a few of them over there. To be honest with you, single cut just really well received in Pennsylvania in Scranton.
2: Yeah. You know, and you know, even down in the Wilkes barre area, you know, you see it popping up, man. It's like the bars that are in the business that know what's going on are really behind this, this brewery, which is really nice to see. Because it doesn't suck when I go out and I could be get a full watt or you know, a full <laughs> stack, half stack, you know, the Kim Hibiscus. Uh, I wish this Brett Kim showed up uh on draft. That would be amazing.
1: Yeah, there was a a a local place had the uh, the softly spoken on draft and uh I don't want to say how many of them I drank over the course of a couple <laughs> weeks but uh I uh I drank my fair share, let's put it that way. So, yeah. Anyway, does does it outweigh how many times you drink a uh, juice box or giant juice box in the last month? No, no, I uh, <laughs> drink I drink way more giant juice box than uh, I've drank a lot of things over the past <laughs> past couple months. Yeah, I don't know. It was just you know I can't help myself, man. It's just uh, I don't
2: I don't I don't. I don't uh judge your decisions on that one. No, I it's mean a go- it's a great beer.
1: It's one of those things if you know me for a while or if you followed my channel or done any of that stuff, you know, like I'm I'm not the biggest I wasn't the biggest IPA guy in the world. And 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 I say this with absolute um I don't know what the word is um, vigor I guess you would say Is that I didn't change the industry changed To me that's 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 why I like The beers I like now <laughs> you know The IPAs have changed to to What I I have bent them at With my will of yeah. my mind Yeah to, uh, when Joe <laughs> Started out brewing he's like I'm gonna Make a beer Matt Dapkins like uh, Well of course I mean come on now <laughs> That was his Only goal no I mean you know Hey you have to have goals in life And yeah. that is one of them Um, Yeah, no, not at all. (laughs) So anyway... So, in the coming weeks, we have some really exciting um, breweries going to come on board. You know what I mean? Um, We actually have some meaderies in the books. We're going to dip our toe in the kind of mead game and uh, see what's going on with that. Um, We're actually reaching out to some international breweries. It dawned on me um, not too long ago that um, we never have any kind of international representation on here. Because, honestly, it's kind of a logistic, not nightmare, but at first you think, oh, you know, we can't really have somebody from overseas kind of come on. And I thought about it, I'm like, "Eh, not really, because, you know, all the world's best beer beer makers are pretty much in, you know, that you know, from your Great Britain down to, you know what I mean, Belgium area, and you know, they're about six hours ahead of us, six, six, seven seven hours, that puts them six, seven o'clock night on their end, so that's pretty perfect, so we're going to try to have we're going to have, not try to have we're going to have some European um, uh, European flavor kind of breweries coming on um, and uh, hopefully have um, some staple, old staple kind of breweries come along, a lot of small Breweries reached out to some drew a line, I guess you would say, um, and uh, started to contact some smaller breweries and around some Hudson River Valley breweries, um, some of the smaller breweries that are are within driving distance of, of us here. Um, and try to get them a little bit of uh, airtime because just like with whether it be Vault that we had on or Rushing Duck or breweries like that, um, you know, places, talked to a couple places up in Binghamton, a couple places down in Hudson River Valley, things like that, and have those guys on. That way, it's nice for us to have, you know what I mean, the treehouses of the world on or the Coronados of the world on or the rare barrels of the world on. That's a very nice thing, and that shows that we would continue to do but you also wanna have shows on where people can actually go out and drive to these places and experience these beers without having to do a beer mail or sell their third child to whatever. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So uh so yeah, some some fun stuff in the books. Um and uh yeah, hopefully you guys enjoy it. And like I said, reach out to us, uh, contact us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Whatever. Yeah, and, and we're, Friendster, gonna, we're gonna try IRC, IRQ, all that yeah, stuff. We're gonna try to do some more of this stuff, get fans involved. Yeah, it we're going to do live streaming, streaming on, on Facebook. Like we'll figure it out. We'll try to get the interviews on so you can hear the interviews on the Facebook feed and stuff like that. But reach out to us. Contact us. Let us know what you want to see, um, what brews you like to have on, um, things like that. And, uh, yeah, we hope we enjoy that you guys listen. And hopefully you enjoy some of these beers, all this single-cut stuff you should be able to get rel- locally. If not, you heard Dan talk about the place is going to be down by Philly. Check them out. And, uh, yeah, just good stuff all around. Right? Yes, definitely. Beer, baby. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to, uh, I guess you'd say, call it a week here on the Beer Geeks. Cheers. And wait till next week. Cheers. Till we cheers. have a little bit more beer, a little bit more fun, and a little bit more something or other. So, join us here or check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. And, uh, yeah, cheers. MySpace.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs>